the average movie director starts their career at age 39. And starting at age 50, you already see age discrimination. Welcome to the YU Ideas podcast, where values-based education meets today's challenges and opportunities. With your host, Rabbi Dr. Stuart Halpern. Today's guest is Sai Sims Professor of Finance, Dr. Avri Ravid. Much ink was spilled with the release of Top Gun 2, Maverick, that America had seen in Tom Cruise its last great movie star. Why should you, a scholar, be interested in if America is down to its very last cinematic hero? One of the interesting things in the movie business is the the whole issue of stars and whether they matter. Uh, Because as you know, a lot of people believe uh, that stars are very important to the success of movies and stars seem to drive financing. And what I found, this was actually my first foray into the research that I've been pursuing the last couple of decades on the movie and entertainment industry. So one of the findings that was most surprising to me was that movie stars, however defined, uh, did not make much of a difference to the success of movies. Now, that doesn't mean that Tom Cruise is not you know, helping the movie, but on average, if you hire a star, it's not clear whether the movie will succeed or bomb. And uh, what was really interesting is that later on, and that was a paper that was published uh, two years ago, uh, we turned to theater, and in theater, it turned out was very different. In theater, um, it was basically that theater stars, or people who get Tony Awards, uh, matter a great deal, and they're the value drivers uh, in theater. So there's a big difference between theater and between movies, and as I was looking into that, it turned out it's a very different type of acting and a very different type of who drives the value. Going back to movies, uh, in other research that I've done with people at uh, Yale and NYU, we found that um, it was the screenwriters and the directors who uh, matter a lot to uh, the success of movies. And that also led me to work on the market for film directors. And I have two current projects on that. Um, And the reason it's really interesting is because it's one of the very few um, cases where you see somebody who's hired on a project-by-project basis. So somebody's hired for a project, and then everybody assesses what's going on, and then they're either hired for another project or not. And that's why you can learn a lot of things about how people feel about different types of people, people in different stages of their careers. So for example, a project that I have with uh, Shu Han, who is a faculty member here at Sims, was looking into discrimination. So we're essentially um, controlling for all career variables and seeing if there's anything that will show us whether people who are different gender, different age, are more or less likely to be hired. So we started with gender, and it is indeed true that there are very few uh, 
women directors. It's still around between 10 and 15 percent of the um, of the cohort. Every cohort, every entering cohort, has somewhere between 10, 15, 17 percent of the people are women. That agrees with other so-called male uh, professions such as entrepreneurs, finance professors, and others. Uh, but once they enter, we couldn't detect any um, you know, discrimination in terms of funding them and progressing and progression in their careers. On the other hand, there was very clear age discrimination. Age discrimination starting at a very early age, just to give you kind of the headline, um, the average movie director starts their career at age 39, approximately. It's not a starting position. Usually you will have done something else in the industry before you direct. And starting at age 50, you already see age discrimination. So we thought it was very telling, and it's a very good lab to see whether people are discriminating because it's a project by project. So all the stories that you can tell about why you don't hire older people because they don't have a long career span, you have to train them, old dogs don't learn new tricks. All of this I don't think is true, but nevertheless it's definitely not true for movie directors and yet there is age discrimination. So I thought that was interesting. The other thing we're doing with colleagues at Northwestern on the market for movie directors is to look at technology adoption. And the question is whether people at different stages of their career are more or less likely to uh, adopt new technology. And the technology in question was digital photography, digital filming. And essentially, we have the entire adoption process from around 2000, where there are no digital movies, to 2020, when almost all movies are digital. And, um, you know, we're still working on that, but preliminary findings seem to show that young people uh, who are starting out are the one who drove the change. And we think the reason is because movie directors is actually a terrible career. You know, you do one or two movies, you don't succeed, you're out. So the threshold is very high, so people are willing to take risks. And, you know, new technology is always a risk. So we think this is kind of a neat finding, and we're still working on it. And do you think Americans will ever sit together as a family and watch the Oscars again? I think that um, the Oscars are um, losing their luster as movie theaters are losing their luster as well. I mean, movie theaters are also kind of a losing proposition. I would not invest in a movie theater chain right now. They have to reinvent themselves. And by the way, the interesting thing is that, forget about the pandemic, even between 95 and 2019, the number of tickets sold ha had been stagnant, whereas population went up by about 23%. So the decline has been continuous. And I, obviously the pandemic just accelerated it. So I think it's kind of less interesting to people to do this. People want to watch on their own terms, and the streaming market will still have to sort itself out. Uh, I've said in several occasions this model is not working, and um, we'll see how it sorts itself out. What excites you personally about this research into the entertainment industry? 
first I have personal history. I used to do documentary movies, so I was really interested um, in, uh, in this industry from the get-go. But the other thing is this intersection of uh, creative industry with uh, economics. I find it fascinating. I mean, if you're, if you're a you know, painter, you sit at home and paint a canvas. And you can do it as much as you want and you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to get any financing. If you're a director and you want to make another movie, you'd better find someone who's willing to give you an average $40, $50 million to play. And so this intersection, I think, gives us uh, a lot of interesting thing to do. And frankly, you do meet interesting people in this industry. And I usually meet the executives and so on. I met some directors, not really the movie stars. So if you're going to ask about that. So. <laughs> so behind every Tom Cruise, there's actually an entire team, a faculty, if you will, of uh, people producing the product that we all see on screen. And that dynamic is something that... Right, right. So there's also something about working in teams, which we have uh, been able to identify more in the theater, and that seemed to be very important. Other people have done research on working in teams in the movies, and that's also important because, you know, people change, so it's also a good lab to study teamwork. You don't have that much data if you think about, let's say, software industry. They do work in teams, but there's very little data on what's going on, whereas in movies or in theater, you know exactly who is working on what. And so you can actually do this kind of research. Well, Dr. Avid, thank you so much for being a star on our team, and we so appreciate the time today. Thank you. The YU Ideas podcast is a production of the Office of the Provost of Yeshiva University and Uri Westridge. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a five-star review if you like what you're listening to. We want to hear from our listeners. Write to us at shalpern at yu.edu. In the meantime, stay deeply rooted and forward-focused. <laughs>